Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams, and today we are joined by Dan Hawkins, CEO of Summit Leadership Partners. Mr. Hawkins and Summit Leadership Partners have significant experience in working with companies preparing for an IPO. On today's show, Mr. Hawkins discusses why IPOs are on the rise and how that surge is impacting the PE and VC sectors. Mr. Hawkins then shares his experiences with working with management teams throughout the IPO process and shares his tips for any company interested in an IPO. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Rob. How about yourself? Um, you know, we're doing okay. Good to talk to you. Um, a lot, yeah, to, a good lot to talk to, to you again. There's a lot to jump into, obviously, and always good to have you on with us. So let's let's dive right in. Why are IPOs on the rise, and what's going on in the market? Well, Rob, uh, you, you know the economy's pretty hot right now, and I think most investors are pretty bullish on the next 24 months. Uh, money's cheap, and private equity investors have a lot of dry powder that they're trying to put to work. And they're seeing IPOs as a, another vehicle to enhance their returns on their investments. Um, valuations are very high, so people are trying to take advantage. Um, I read that there's actually twice as many IPOs in Q1 than there were in Q1 of last year. And there's this new concept called a SPAC. And these SPACs are um, giving investors an opportunity to IPO early with less risk and a lot more upside. And uh, looks like uh, SPACs are significantly on the rise. Um, I also suspect some of the, the anticipated tax changes that are going to take place next year are driving, uh, you know, pretty frenetic IPO activity this year. It's been pretty amazing. How is how is the surge in IPOs impacting the PE and VC sectors? Well, you know, first, Rob, um, you know, PE has experience in, in launching IPOs, but 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 not so much on the SPAC side. And I'm not going to claim to be an expert in SPAC, but but this is new territory for a lot of deal partners. So. They're actually having to learn quickly how to design and launch a SPAC. And then, you know, going back to what the, the, uh, the first question, and there's a bit of a race. Uh, the markets are hot. The, the equity markets are hot. So speed is critical. And the, the private equity and VC sectors are having to quickly firm up their growth strategy, uh, build a, a, a story that resonates with investors. And, um, and the thing that it's also doing is when you think about it, private equity, when they typically establish boards, these boards are more of an advisory nature. Um, and they're not, uh, you know, what you'd call fiduciary responsibility, you know, have fiduciary responsibility in governance. And they're now expected to put up some pretty high powered boards with industry pros that um, are attractive and credible to the capital markets. And um so, so what we're seeing is private equity and venture capital really having to accelerate the, the process to have a company readied for PE, have, uh, establishing a top board, and they're relying a, a significant amount on external parties such as Summit Leadership Partners to get their management teams and their, their businesses ready. Um, and it, our, our, specifically in our, in our space, our work with uh, pre-IPO and or pre-SPAC uh, management teams and investors has, has really accelerated over the last three to four months. It's pretty exciting. I love hearing the word exciting, so that's a good thing for sure. From your experiences, how does a CEO and or investment team planning to go public best prepare management for an IPO? Well, Rob, f first I'll say the obvious. The obvious is you have to build the right team. 
um, you, know, it, it, you know, when you're launching IPO, it's always ideal to have people with, private, with public company experience. That's not likely. So we suggest a balance of those on the management team who have worked in public, publicly traded companies. Probably in, in order of, if I had to pick the three most important jobs, probably uh, yeah, I would pr- put a priority on the CFO, second would be the general counsel, and third, maybe the chief human resource officer. Um, it's not required. I would just say I'd, I'd highly suggest it. Um, don't, don't ever settle or lower the bar on talent. You always have to have the top talent that you can because at the end of the day, when you're trying to go to market in, uh, in an IPO, people are betting on the management team. They have to be very credible. Um, the second thing that comes to mind for the management team is being really clear on the role that the CEO will play post-IPO. Um, in many cases, there's a founder that's uh, leading this company into the IPO process. And if the founder is going to stay, um, being clear on how we're going to deploy his or her best attributes and how they can you know, interact with the capital markets, um, key customers, you know, create thought leadership and be, and be the brand. Um, and, and that's where we often get pulled in is working directly with the CEO and helping that CEO get prepared and the management team to face the, uh, you know, face what, what will happen and kind of the, the public scrutiny of being a public company. Um, probably the third thing I'd recommend for management teams is really solidifying not only who's on the management team, but how they operate. We call that chartering the team which is really establishing their purpose, their cadence, their operating principles, how they make decisions, because you can't make it up as you go along once you're a publicly traded company. Um, it's a little, yeah, I won't say it's easier, it's just different. Um, and so having the management team pretty Teflon ready once they are, are uh, public, uh, you know, because there's gonna be lots of unexpected variables that come to play. And the final thing, when it comes to building that management team, I always suggest that you hire and surround that CEO with complementary, complementary skill sets. Um, don't hire me too people, hire people uh, that actually bring a set of skill sets that maybe that CEO, once again, and often a founder CEO may not have um, to help ensure success. And you've got a well-balanced team from a capability as well as an experience standpoint. For someone who who talks so much, I I kind of seized on your on the use of the word cadence. So I just uh, that's that grabbed me when you use that word. No question. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really it's really important. It's really important to be be consistent. And and you'll you know as we talk further, I'll talk about consistency of the management team, consistency of messaging, consistency in how you you measure your the performance of the company and articulate that with with, uh, with your new investors. Dan, how does the company's CEO's role change, especially if they are the founder? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of fanfare of the, you know, kind of the celebrity founders like uh, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. But, but uh, founder CEOs that, that have, often have a very difficult time making the shift. Most struggle with the public scrutiny letting go of roles and responsibilities that maybe they've had in the past. And frankly, the, the governance and restrictions placed on what, what they can and can't do or can and can't say uh, can be difficult. Some, some also tend to struggle hiring, you know, what I'd call you know, great, maybe even more experienced talent around them and letting go of the reins. Um, but it's a point at which uh, CEOs really have to evolve uh, to be in the identity of the company, to putting the identity of the company ahead of themselves. Now, 
those come hand in hand. You can't, you know, quite frankly, investors like to see that the founder, quite frankly, is a part of the IPO because they obviously are doing something right and have created a, a tremendous value proposition. But the identity of the, of the company has to, you know, excel and, and you know take over from the identity of the CEO. There's there's very few of those celebrity CEOs, and I know a lot of founders like to, you know, say, hey, I want to be like that guy. But but the role, their role, really changes from less of a doer of everything, a decision maker on all fronts, to to more of a, you know more of a you know directing and engaging a myriad of different stakeholders. And those stakeholders are, of course, the management team. The organization as a whole, the investor community, media, um, the board of directors, which, by the way, are going to be, I mentioned this earlier, they're probably going to be a good blend of, of people with uh, great experiences as, as in the public, uh, as, as public directors in the past. And then, of course, uh, with the market. And, and I think th- this, um, you know, the, the numerous different stakeholders that they're going to have to interact with, it really does carve into that time of being able to be involved in all the you know, the sausage making of product and pricing and things like that. And that's a big shift for uh, founder CEOs. That's wow. I, I'm just, there's so much to unpack there on, on the, on the topic of founder CEOs. Um, what can happen if investors and or the company IPO too soon? Yeah, Rob, you know, there's, there's been a, there's been a lot of, a lot of failed IPOs and you know, what is a failed IPO? It doesn't mean they go bankrupt. It means that they, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're trading at a value far lower than maybe when they originally went on, uh, when they were publicly listed. And I've seen it all too often where investors and owners race to the public before they have the right players, processes, tools, and infrastructure in place. And, you know, what this re- results in is missed value creation targets, surprises in financial performance, management upheaval and dysfunction, and of course, lost value. And, um, you know, I've, We've we've unfortunately worked with a few clients after their IPO where it just takes one or two quarters um, to lose investor confidence that takes years to recover. Um, and now these the issues that they have to rectify, whether it's something internal or external, are now public and it only raises the intensity and pressure further. So um, it's not it, it, hitting your numbers is huge, but it's also about establishing credibility and consistency in how you're going to grow the company for the future. And um, this is something that it's critical for uh, investors and management teams to make sure that they're ready for. What advice would you give to investors and or CEOs planning to go through an IPO? Yeah, there's a few things, Rob, that I think are are critical that I've seen just over and over again with with the firms that we've worked with. Um, The most important thing, which uh, investors have caught on and they know this, but I'll say it anyway, you have to get the board right. Um, you've got to have a good blend of industry pros and also ensure that there's some great diversity on the board in every sense of the word, not just the way we have traditionally divide, uh, defined diversity. So you've got to have some really strong players on the board. Um, the second thing I think is you've got to prepare the CEO, as I mentioned earlier. This is new territory. Normally, unless they hire a professional CEO with prior experience running a publicly traded company, this is new territory for them, and it's it's critical to have them prepared, developed. You know, in our case, we do a lot of coaching with those CEOs to help them be ready. Um, the second, the third thing I would say is prepare the management team, and as I mentioned earlier, that's establishing their cadence, their operating principles, their operating models, so that they're uh, once they are public, they can produce uh, you know consistent results in messaging and engagement with investors. 
Um, little out of our space, but I've seen this kind of drag companies down. I think it's critical for investors to make sure that they have you know, all the right foundational systems and processes around ERP, forecasting, supply chain, et cetera. I mentioned earlier, predictability, really, really important here uh, to have a successful IPO. And um, the last thing, which I think is often um, overlooked and underappreciated, is that I think the investors and the CEO and those management teams really have to be open and transparent with each other about how, how things are going. This, when it comes to launching a new company into a SPAC or IPO, it's a team sport. Collaboration is critical. I've seen turfs between PE investors and the management team crush an IPO. The CEOs have to rely on their investors for guidance and resources to help them through the process. Investors have to trust that the, that the CEO and the management team, they know their business better than, than anyone else. So it's critical that they work together on it. And if, if things aren't working well, to be able to call that out. You know, I'd say it's, they've got to be trust each other enough to point out the good, the bad, and the ugly um, because they're all in this together. Anything you want to add as we begin to wrap things up? You've given us a lot. I'm just curious if uh, how can we, how can we uh, put a ribbon on all of it? Well, Rob, I think that uh, certainly during 2021, um, IPOs and once again, especially SPACs are, are going to be uh, really going to be the rates. I think a lot of companies are who are planning to IPO maybe in 2022, 2023 and years out are accelerating the process due to the, the high valuations and you know, the opportunity, you know, the, the, uh, the opportunity to see some, some capital that needs to be put to work. Um, and, and this puts a lot of pressure on uh, the CEO and the, the management teams to be ready. Um, don't underestimate the, for those listening. Don't underestimate preparing those management teams and CEOs to be ready for this. Um, many of it, many many of them, it's a new process for them, and uh, and I think they need to have the right tools and resources around them to be successful. Great information, Dan. We we thank you for this very informative look into the IPO world. There, this will be incredibly useful to any companies looking to IPO and looking for advice on how to best do so. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. That's all the time we have here today. I'm your host, Rob Adams, alongside Dan Hawkins of Summit Leadership Partners, and this is Talent Talks. Talent Talks.